Coming November 21st, 2018, Next Generation's First Generation returns to look back 30 years ago to the day with the second season of Star Trek The Next Generation. Patrick and Sasha share their perspectives as children in the 80s in contrast to our older cynical selves. Tropes, social commentary, and shade throwing is all fair game. Join Next Generation's first generation for this watch-along podcast and figure out what the heck is going on as we continue on this seven-year mission. Episodes will be released on the 30th anniversary of the original airing. Find it on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Libsyn, and also explore Season 1 and our Shore Leave movie commentaries while you're at it. Again, that's Next Generation's First Generation at iTunes, Libsyn, Spotify, and Google Play. Next Generation's First Generation. One more time. That's not how the song goes. One more time. I'm just a sweet transvestite. From transsexual Transylvania. Why don't you stay for the night? Or maybe a bite. I could show you my favorite obsession. I've been making a man with blonde hair and a tan, and he's good for relieving my tension. All right, welcome to the Super Hot Bad Guy podcast, where we discuss alluring villains and why we find them so sexy. We cover foes and scoundrels of all genders from our favorite films and TV, whether it's action, romance, comedy, sci-fi, or good old horror. We're getting hot for all the wrong reasons. Today's hosts, Natasha Baptiste, Markella Dykbus, and Derek Blake. Sometimes that sounds like you're saying Derek Blake. My name is not Derek. <laughs> the mystery. Let the record show. Right. Is it the dollop? Do you listen to the dollop? No, not yet. Oh, uh, one of the hosts, what do they always call him? They... He hates his name shortened. It's one of those names that you can shorten or keep longer. And Aww. he like fucking hates it. And when they go to live shows, like Chris- they only call him like Jay or something. He's like, it's Jason. It's Jason. I hate Jay. Oh, I was thinking more <laughs> specifically like Chris versus Christopher. And he's yeah. like, it's Christopher. Ooh. Don't call me Chris. And it's yeah. like, wow. But it's just great because the other host comes out and he's like, and my host. And he's like, stop it. Like, I hate this so much. And the whole crowd would be like, hi, Jay. But if he didn't make a big deal out of it, no one would give a fuck. But every time. See, okay. (laughs) This is a great example of a reason why I should start listening to a podcast. Because lately, people have just been like, listen to this podcast because it's good. Or watch this movie because it's good. Or watch this show because it's great. You'd like it. And I'm just like, I'm never going to fucking watch or listen to whatever you're telling me because everything is good to everyone tell me why that story makes me want to listen to the the his name's gareth yeah they call him gary or they they either call him gary or gare or something like that and it's like probably like gary (laughs) the dollop is great i highly recommend listening to it they're two comedians that talk about history and the fucked up shit that happened in Mm -hmm. history and they make jokes about it and it's great um, I feel really weird about where I'm sitting because I have to, sorry, I'm just going to move over here a little bit. <laughs> Today we're talking about the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, so good. Yes. I haven't seen this in a while. And Me I, either. I 
I'm pretty pumped to get into it as well. Dr. Frankenfurter. We're going to go into the edge, so we're not going to be talking about him as much until we get through our edging, which is the first portion of our show where we don't talk about him. Mm-hmm. Um, I was excited to do this. I thought I was. And then I was so over watching it like halfway through, so I don't think I was ready yet. I expected to watch it this Halloween. Oh. So I think when I watched it for this, I was like, ugh. Because it's like you've seen it so many times, and but you love it, so you're never sure once you press play what mood you're going to be in. Oh, totally. I haven't seen this movie in a super long time, so I was like stoked. You guys were both stoked? Yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen it since probably the last party that I saw it being played at, and that was well after the first time I saw it, but a good... Probably two or three years, maybe. Well, after a party, yeah. you could definitely focus in on it yeah. this time. I ended up watching it a few times because I was just like, there's some stuff that I keep trying to figure out, and then I just end up watching the whole thing again. It's just like, yeah. it's, it, I think it, <laughs> oh, wow. it flows along really well, and then I'm like, all this music is pretty dang good, and like, I'm pretty impressed with it just as an album, and that wasn't something that really had stuck with me from my earlier watchings of it, but this time through, for some reason, it did. Yeah. Are either of you uh, like the theater version snobs? Not really. No. no. Okay. Have you seen it live? I haven't seen it no. live. No. I know there was one available on Amazon. Or was well, I was just that mean the... like like physically going to a oh. show here in town. Okay. Neither have I. Um, I've been invited four times and have tried to go four times, but it's been like. I missed the bus or everyone going dropped out but me, so I didn't go. Just, like, one reason. So I think if I ever go, maybe I'll die. Have you seen a recording (laughs) of a live one? No. Okay, I was just curious if you'd had any, because I haven't heard of how good that is, because I always thought that the audience participation showings of the movie were really what I thought were really fun. So I never thought of going to see see a live show. Yeah, I haven't done either one. So oh. I saw the room. Yeah. Oh, we saw it we together. Did yeah. Yeah, and we threw forks. That reminded so, me a lot. Very of, similar. Yeah. Okay. Just curious. So good. We're all on the same page. We're just just into the movie. More or less yeah. movie purists, it would seem. This one was. It reminded me of more of Little Shop of Horrors, where I was like, Oh yeah, I forgot that almost all these songs are super tight. And a lot yeah. of people compare those films. Oh, yeah. yeah. Not sure why. Maybe just the time frame? I think because they just have really good pacing and they're musicals that are like... They're like goofy horror musicals? Yeah, yeah. I think they're the most rewatchable. Like, they're definitely the top of a lot of people's musical lists. Did you guys sing all the words? No. I did. By the third time, just the ones that I liked, yeah. And I liked most of them, but uh, I can't hit Sarandon's notes. Well... <laughs> I don't mean like biblically singing all the words, but (laughs) Um, did you guys know that at the wedding, at the beginning of the film, everybody, well, I might be wrong about this, but to my recollection, the wedding party is also the groupies that like do the time warp and they're there for the... Oh, did not know that. See, I didn't notice that Tim Curry is in that scene too. Yeah. um... It was was my first rewatch of it for doing notes for this, that I was like, oh gosh, that's Tim Curry there without sideburns. And next to him is Magenta and Riff Raff. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, which is oh. weird, since he is in the minister's outfit, does that mean that during that wedding that was just held, he was the minister that wed Brad and Janet's friends? It's a theory. That's so weird. <laughs> is that why all the people, the other people at the wedding that were cleaning up were so weird? Yes. Yeah. Like during the So they're doing the American yeah. bit. That was the same three out of the four from the house, because it's like minus Columbia, but I don't know why she isn't there. Like, what's the point in having three of the four of the same people in both scenes? Why? Maybe she just couldn't, couldn't make, make it shooting that day. That day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, also, do you guys remember, was that a cemetery they were in? Was it like a church in a cemetery? Yeah, they basically start yeah. doing a, yeah, they're out in a church cemetery. It's just okay. sort of very, like, uh, Night of the Living Dead aesthetic. I think what's also screwing me up when I watched this and it's like spring, summer right now, is um, I always watch this movie for Halloween. And it's not really a Halloween film. It's just that, I guess, like, they're getting married. There's a graveyard, dark and stormy night, haunted mansion. So I'm always, like, ready for Rocky Horror uh, in the fall. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We're doing this for pride. So says Eric. What? Well, I mean... It seemed like an appropriate month to do Rocky Horror. And I think Tim Curry is an actor who there are other villains we've talked about doing him in, like Legend as the Beast. Mm -hmm. But I think he shines here without the prosthetics. Mm -hmm. And yeah, yeah, it is, it's a bastion of of culture for sure. Not just for movie lovers, but for people who love really kinky villains. That's fair. So one overall thing about this film that I love is all of the, like, old people in it. Yes. Right? Yes. I just think that if this movie had been created, like, from birth nowadays, it would all just be, like, young, hot people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's so ridiculous. Like, I love all the old people in this movie. There's, like, a couple. I really loved how, like... Like, watching it over again, I was like, oh, this reminds me of how, like, weird Capitol Hill used to be. All the characters you would see when you would go out, it wasn't so, I don't know, corporate. It was just, like, you could go somewhere and, like, see this in a club. It was just a community. Yeah. And it kind of reminded me of just, like, when I first moved to Seattle and definitely when I was hanging out in Capitol Hill, like, oh, wow, like, you can just do and be whatever you want. And well, great. again, like, with the groupies that are there for the the floor show, or not the floor show, the um the first half of the movie when they're all dan- like having yeah. a party, all of those party people, it's like, who cares how you look? Just put a just a tuxedo on and a, some glasses. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they all look cool. They all they look did. really cool. This time, kind of looking at it through. The lens of where we're at now with society, I was like, this is an incredibly diverse party. Yeah. And the only thing that joins them is they're all wearing the same outfit. And I was like, it's interesting that they all are wearing the same outfit, but they all have like clearly like wildly different backgrounds. And whether that's supposed to be because they're aliens that are like just taking random forms or I think it just looks really humans. inclusive. Yeah. I think they're all like Columbia, but for some reason, Columbia has been able to like rise up in this rank system. As, like, she just lives in the house now. But... She's a house human. When you say diversity, (laughs) my thing that I keep grabbing onto is, like, there's a lot of old people there. And it's just like, hey, Grandma, let's do the time warp again. Like, they're just there because they all want to be there. 
It's a broadly <laughs> very nice film. Yeah. So let's really dive into the edge and like I just wanted to we're starting to discuss some scenes. So just starting from the top of the movie, like they did a custom music for the 20th Century Fox intro, which goes all like a little while at the end. Oh. So it was like it was the musical band doing their own 20th Century Fox oh, intro. Oh, that's cute. I was like I had to replay that a couple times because I was like is it just because I have I and I looked up the 20th Century Fox thing to make sure and I was yeah. like it's their band. So it starts with like them doing their thing from the very opening. So I like that. And then we go into science fiction double feature, which was always my favorite song as a kid, but now my favorite song has moved like way further in the film. I I really liked a bunch at the end of this movie really? that I had yeah. kind of just sort of either forgotten about because I watched this too stoned when I was young or... Some of the songs on the floor show are really emotional. Yeah, they're and they're awesome though, yeah. I'm worried that kids nowadays will try and fast forward the beginning of the movie, like oh. the beginning credits, and I'm like, that... That would be a crime. I yeah. hope they realize that is part of the film that you can't yeah. skip. So what was your guys' reaction to the lips watching it this time around? I know, I guess this is more of a question for Natasha, because you also haven't seen it for a while, whereas you just saw it last Halloween at the earliest. Yeah. Because for me, I was like, oh, I haven't seen this in a while, and like, this still works at... Something about the way that they copied the lips and like removed the rest of the stuff, so it's just that, turns the lipstick a weird kind of glowing reddish, purplish thing, and it's not... Film-wise, it's not realistic lips because it gets like tarnished by whatever. Because it's they being cut off, of like where because they couldn't polish it right. And it yeah. looks amazing. I thought a lot of the special effects in this totally worked. Yeah. In such an amazing way, and I'm like, oh, and some of it, I'm like, oh, that's like probably to make it viable for a stage show. But this effect it would be really hard to do in a stage show. Opens it up, and I just think it's so like sensual and it just gives me the same kind of creepy feeling it gave me when I first saw it when I was much younger. Well and there's all kinds of like embellishments that the lady, I can't remember her name, it's the lady that plays this Magenta. This is Quinn? There's like a moment in the credits when she like... Patricia Quinn. Patricia Quinn, they freeze frame on her just like baring her teeth in this like not aggressive way but just Again, nowadays, I don't think they would do that in a movie. They try and make it all polished and perfect, and yeah, yeah this I'm, is perfect because it's so different. I made a note about that, and I'll I'll smile with teeth for sure for our for our Instagram <laughs> photo because you know I have kind of like janky teeth, so I just seeing it this time, I also was like, oh man, Patricia Quinn's very brave to like have such an intimate shot of her teeth because oh I know like I'm like self conscious about that, so I'm just like. <laughs> power, so much power to you, He's Patricia Quinn. Like it really, like it just looks amazing, and it hasn't, it hasn't like aged a day. You know? Yeah. What did you think? I always loved the beginning. I always loved that shit. And the anyway. song is really good. Yeah, like work. just having just focused on the lips, and you don't see anything else. And the way yeah. they did it. Yeah. I mean, there's so many ways to do that wrong. Oh, a million <laughs> ways to do that wrong, and it. On the teeth thing, that's the other thing I really liked about the movie is, like, it didn't feel like they were trying to get all these, like, super polished actors. And I feel like even Sarandon, that was, like, a pretty early movie for her. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody was just people. It was people that you would see anywhere. That's the other, like, it just ties back into, like, it remind it was nostalgia for me, like, mm. moving up here. Because it just felt like people you would see at the bar. Aww. They're just young kids. 
or even with the old people, like they're set like in neighborhood bars, like you see all ranges. Like that's just what you see when you go in. You mm-hmm. see like all these different ethnicities playing pool. There's older people in the corner playing chess. Like it just feels like I don't know. Like these are people I I'll see later. It's like really warm and fuzzy. Yeah, mm-hmm. even and... though that's not. I mean, the movie kind of is. I don't know. Well, I think it is, and you know, I know that there's people like conservative people out there that have not seen this movie and they just probably think the worst of it. I don't know. And it's like part of this, like half of this movie is a bunch of villainous people running around doing negative things, which is what makes it a horror film. But there's so much of this movie that's just about love. Yeah. (laughs) And having a party. And having a party. So yeah, we see Curry for just a second as the priest and then we get uh, Damn It Janet, which was... My favorite as a kid. I love it. I'll, like the, yeah. it's funny. Yeah, the first two were like I still I, I love all these songs. Is what I realized as I watched it this time. And I was like, ah, these two used to be my favorite though. And then I completely forgot about the ones that were coming up on. And like, they're all so good. Okay, there's one song I don't like. It's in the British version. Did either of you guys watch that? No. no, but I looked up the track listing and saw what you're talking about. Yeah, I just don't the non-existent ones. I don't like it. I don't like the song, and I don't like how that end, that last scene changes the whole concept of the film a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like to change the end kind of changes everything, and I just I don't need it. I just rented the one that was available, which you know it didn't have any of the director's cut or extra tracks but from you know reading on some people's thoughts about them most people are like they're pretty take it or leave it with those extras i don't remember anything else from the british version besides the end i don't remember if there was any scenes added i I know the play has an extra song in the middle so what i'm thinking about is um yeah so superheroes is only in the uk version i don't even know that's probably the last one that would be the one that you didn't like yeah I wouldn't want to, I've wanted any more after where they ended. Exactly. Yeah. Fixed yeah. what's not broken. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I do want to say, I think the best part of the movie is Columbia's blue socks. Hmm. Really? I think one of my favorite outfits of this movie is actually in this first chapter. Um, Susan Sarandon's lavender skirt suit number. Really? It's just like so delightfully square. I really love that color. And... I'm sure it's happened in another podcast that that has happened, but, uh... It's very form-fitting. Yeah. I suppose for me it's just the color and the very... It's, like, a very square outfit. And, like, <laughs> they are the most... Do you mean square, ch- like, lame, or square, like... Repressed. Okay, they are, like, it. very... Re- they are squares in the sense of 1960s and 70s squares, and... They're so delightfully repressed and just so charmingly befuddled this whole time. So I really love these scenes that build that up. Well, I feel like from the very first scenes with Brad and Janet, they seem like they're uncomfortable with the way they are. And I've never felt that way until this last time I saw it. And that's what we discover is that, yeah, Brad is questioning. Janet is also, like, more explorative than, like, her repressed background. Yeah. This is... And yeah, that's I, I also noticed that there's a really gorgeous shot, a, a close-up shot of Brad from below, like right as the wedding party kind of walks away from him. Yeah. And he's obviously like thinking about something. 
And that was the first thing that started another theme of things that I noticed in this film, which is really gorgeous cinematography throughout. I was like, Aww. I can't believe how this shot is like so gorgeous. Um, I think with Brad and Janet, like I kind of saw their own journey. You know how you hear about, you watch a movie and you love it, and then you hear about how this actor spent five months like practicing all these things that you really didn't even notice in the film, but it was to inform their character and how they played the character. Yeah. And you're like, wow, that's a lot of work for nothing. <laughs> uh, not for nothing, but you know, yeah. you don't notice those things that they have to go through. But I might just be making all of this up, but I feel like the characters of Brad and Janet seem to me like Janet's personal unspoken storyline in this movie is that the reasons why she's attracted to who she's attracted to in this film is she's looking for someone powerful and she's looking for like really good like exciting sensual sex and I don't know if she knew that before that night and then Brad is totally different because I feel like Brad the whole time even like at the wedding he's into some weird shit just like period so no matter what happens to him in the movie he is so interested in the party and the Frankenstein thing. Well, except for if he feels like he needs to like be like him versus someone else, then he gets defensive. But if there's something that's a spectacle, he's so interested and she isn't. She just wants good straight sex. Um, it's weird, like I can see these journeys that these characters might be going on. I feel like they switch on and off too. Like, in the party, he was super cool. And she didn't like it. When, yeah, she wanted to leave. And then when they get in the elevator, as soon as they get upstairs, all of a sudden it's like, she's super interested, and he's like, yeah. where's the phone? Yeah, he's like, I wanted the party. I don't like being emasculated by this other person that has all this power. Yeah. yeah. I want the funky party downstairs. And she's like, screw the party. This is amazing. This, this is, is like a doctor. This yeah. is like an important event with like guests and I do love, like, when he's asking everybody, isn't this amazing? Like, when Rocky comes out. <laughs> and she's like, he's okay. And then she ends up, like, screwing him the whole time. Like, it, like in the end, it was just like, <laughs> she's just like, he's okay. He's like, well, he's amazing. What is wrong with you? <laughs> and that's why I think she's on this journey of, like, oh, do I like guys with muscles? Yeah. Because she says oh, she yeah. doesn't. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, yeah I don't like she's guys with muscles. Specifically, so Columbia says he's okay. She says, I don't really like muscles. But then later on, she sings the line, like, that she is into muscles. Yeah. And yeah. It's just that, that is one of the most adorable things, too. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're both on their on their own journeys. On their own journeys <laughs> in that house. And so, I mean, before they even get their clothes torn off, they sing that little There's a Light transitional song, which mm. I was like, oh my gosh, this is like... Even the little transitional songs are so like I used they're to, like really pretty little numbers. When know? I was a, when I was younger, I didn't appreciate that song, and now I love it. Yeah, it's nice. It yeah. just really moves you through that scene. Well, they're like moths to the flame of this thing that they they're moths to the flame because it's like they don't know what to expect there, and they also like don't know what they want sexually, and they're mm -hmm. gonna find these things at this place, and they don't know that yet. But like that's the theme. They need a tire and a phone. So yeah, it's a good, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah, they basically fall prey to being very square, 
and their politeness just drives them further and further into this party. Yeah, because yeah, like, they don't It'd be say rude no. to just leave without exactly. saying goodbye, you know, and mm-hmm. like not introduce yourself to every single person. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Brad that makes is me so laugh. sweet. He, every time he like thrusts his hand where it doesn't belong. Do you know how to Madison? Any of you fellas know how to Madison? Natasha, earlier when oh, you that said. Is so good. When you said. When Rocky comes out, I just pictured like a just a pale blonde baby being birthed, like a big <laughs> stupid baby. I just loved his whole like, well, honestly, his whole coming out thing was just so great. <laughs> I need to want to go. I want to go on record saying I hate Rocky in every form in every movie. Uh, the on the Glee episode when they did Rocky Horror Picture Show didn't like that. Oh, I liked Rocky. He's befuddled. He's just like this dumb character for some reason Mm-mm. it's great well not for some reason i mean it bothers me well no we can't talk about him yet i get in trouble but with the edging problem a lot as not to edge as not too to edge. much richard o'brien i had to look this up because i was like i know he wrote like he sings and like wrote this whole thing but i was like you know i like meatloaf and i know they had him on here and i was like did he have anybody else producing this like and writing the songs and i was like Oh, he wrote them all. And yeah. then he gives himself time warp. One of the best, which we have <laughs> yeah. basically arrived at. Because they arrive, and very soon, it is it is party time. And yes. one of my favorite things about Riff Raff and Magenta is that no matter who starts a song, they're down for it. Until <laughs> towards the end, when they're like off doing their own thing about a couple things. But every other song, even if, like, when I love it when Eddie busts in, and they're dancing to his song, even though they should be concerned. Because they just don't give a fuck. They're a very, like, neutral party. Well, they're planning an alien coup. And that's another theme that runs through this film that I only got recently. It just (laughs) feels like they're, like, servants there. But they're so cool and calm because they have this plan, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I think Riff Raff is, is like, actually the second hottest villain in this movie. Really? Because he's sort of role-playing as a servant. Once you see him later, you realize, like, he just has the same form as anybody else. Mm -hmm. But because he has to pretend to be a human person's servant in a big mansion, he's taken on that most, like, subjected sort of humpback look of a servant. And, like, then he gets whipped and stuff, and it's like, he's... When I see him get whipped a little later on, I was like, I think he's liking this. Because he He never... He's just playing along and, like, having a good time. Yeah. Well, and the... The hunch thing that he has. I mean, obviously, this is supposed to be... He's supposed to be Igor from yeah, Frankenstein. it's supposed to be Kent, yeah. for sure. But I don't know how much of that is within the film versus the film being artistic itself. The Yeah. It makes me wonder, did he see Frankenstein and yeah. he wanted to be Rip Igor? the character? I, yeah. Like, where did he He's probably that? like, fuck yeah, Did aliens me, watch me, the baby. golden... Yeah. <laughs> Did they watch the um, those monster movies and like pull their things from that? Yeah. Because later on, Magenta has the Bride of Frankenstein. Yeah. Oh, I never thought of it that way. I was getting into whole the whole like this is kind of like a remake of Frankenstein thing. The movie it's... Galaxy Quest ha- really changed my <laughs> world because I was like, oh, what if aliens watched our movies before invading, or or making yeah. contact with us? And I was like, you can you can. Work that into your own theories. I guess I have to yeah. watch Fun Galaxy ways. Quest again. Thanks. Every day. <laughs> 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 um, 
that says Brad and Janet got more attractive as their wardrobe and hair changes. Yeah. I won't they say they're totally did. Yeah, like their hair gets messier and it yeah. looks great. And I love like my favorite part of her outfit, which like I don't know why, but it was when she was like running around and she literally had bra panty and like the band from her like yeah. slip. And I was like. This looks super hot. Like, why? Because the band from her slip serves as, like, a lot of lingerie. The belts look like that. Oh, okay, So it yeah, doubles yeah. as that that image. But I feel like it's, like, um, the floor show is, like, their final form. Like, uh, Frieza from Dragon Ball Z, anybody? Deep reference. Thank you. Frieza saga. Spirit bomb. <laughs> Way too many episodes. Or, like, um, I guess uh, Pokemon does the same stuff, right? They have, YouTube. like... Baby form. Way too many episodes. Eddie and Columbia are like one of the best straight couples ever. She's yeah. so happy. For the amount of time we get to see them See together. them, yeah. I also yeah. want like, I, I want someone to do a super cut on YouTube of like, every time there's a film where a woman is like having an orgasm when she sees someone... Because they do that in that movie. They did it on some show that I just watched. And then they do it on a movie called Pootie Tang. Oh, God, like, I love There's, like, a whole hallway scene. <laughs> and this woman is screaming at this guy who's just, like, trying to walk down the hall. And, like, her screams, I could feel them in the middle of my chest. <laughs> like, I felt those very deeply. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I'm sure there's more out there. It's just a great trope yeah. that is rarely used. <laughs> yeah. Gets a good amount of play in this movie. She's just so happy. She's so yeah. filled with joy. We haven't talked about the sexy criminologist, who technically has already showed up with where we are. Gravelly at. voice. My favorite part with him is honestly during the time warp when he starts yes. dancing along. Yeah. And then when he's, he it, has like these incidental parts that I'm like, eh, take it or leave it. Is yeah. it he I like on the, the table dancing on the yeah, table? Yeah, he's like, no, yeah. go to the left. He gets left. super into it. He's telling you this this tale, right? So imagine sitting in his office and he's just behaving this way towards you in his office at night. Yeah. And you're yeah. like, you're cool. That's what I liked about you're this. You're cool is guy. Like, it's a Pulp yeah. Fiction-like movie trope that they, they worked in to great effect. And I mean... He is very good looking, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good suit and that red tie thing. Mm -hmm. And I say tie thing because if you remembered it being a tie, which I did. It's just it's a not. thing. It's like these two ribbon kind of things. Oh, I don't remember. I thought so it was I like a fake like round a... ribbon thing. <laughs> so he's there too. It's there to be questioned. Yeah. Yeah. I also loved the, not it's not Christmas lights, but it's like party lights and the uh, full on, um, fabricated palm tree oh yeah uh, like I, all the yeah. random decorations i want a palm tree <laughs> in my house oh it's so hard not to talk about him at this stage it's this is difficult so i don't they, know why this is but it, yeah. i think it can be done. because the they character we're focusing on is almost in every scene in the film yes yeah and uh, from this stage they are drawn into that person's world and their politeness keeps drawing them in, especially here. They're like, oh, it'd be rude not to go up there Upstairs, and up to this laboratory and yeah. see what's on the slab. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I also like that uh, Columbia and Eddie, like, don't like Rocky. I think I'm I'm with the, I'm on the Columbia side of everything. 
And Magenta is actually Riff Raff's partner. So not, she's kind of ambivalent most of the time. Yeah, yeah. they're pretty much a, a solid team. Like Mary and but, Pippin. Whew, so but I they feel go like up she's to gonna the... like them because of the name we must not speak. Magenta doesn't like um she doesn't like uh, Rocky because of No, she she doesn't like Rocky because she can't stand any more shenanigans. Yeah, Magenta so, yeah. and Riff Raff just wanna Actually oh, you wait, know what? No, not her, the other girl. Columbia. Uh, Columbia. The, the short hair. Yeah. Yeah, but you're right, Magenta doesn't either. So now that I'm thinking about this, literally nobody likes Rocky. Except for Frankfurter. Oops shit. <laughs> well and no, Janet. and Janet, yeah. Well yeah. I don't think it's also likes... Frank and Furter. <laughs> I think I think half of what I stated earlier doesn't matter because Green sparkling corsets. Well I guess yeah, I guess oh, nobody really liked him, but yeah, they're just kind of sick of all the bullshit. Well, okay, well maybe that's the differentiation because Magenta and Riff Raff don't like Rocky because of the shenanigans. They don't give a fuck at all. Well, Columbia and Eddie, they're just like, he's not that great. So that's the difference. Yeah. But nobody likes him. But Columbia was in love with the name we must not speak. Yeah. So I feel like it was also kind it was of like a jealousy. jealousy. Yeah. So after Sweet Transvestite, we do meet Rocky. He mm-hmm. Rocky gets created by Diggs. And he gets his Sword of Damocles song, which is pretty darn funny. I, I This time around, I was like, this is this is pretty funny. The movie used to lose me two numbers from now. We'll get there. <laughs> but this time I was like with it the whole way through. And I think Rocky's pretty funny. The guy actually reminds me a lot of Graham Chapman from Monty Python. And I think his physicality is really funny. I don't remember who that is. That is... Uh, he was the king, King Arthur, in Monty Python and the Holy oh, Grail. interesting. Well, obviously, he's much more ripped than that comedian, but I feel like his physicality of sort of, like, being uh, an innocent <laughs> boob was yeah. just very, like, well done, and, like, he seeks approval, but, like, he only had, he literally has half a brain, so yeah. it's just very, I, I kind of li- liked him, like, what he stood for was to sort of, like, innocence in the face of like this like i hate him what was being tapped it's like this depraved party i'm yeah. depraved in quotes because with thorough consent this is a perfectly good time yeah except i mean there's the part where he's just running around like why are you chasing me oh, with what? the dogs and stuff well no with um dr Frankfurt. oh yeah and this is basically but i also loved that because he was uh, falling all over the place and it looked amazing oh, but edgy. we'll talk about that later yeah Frankenfurters. We've never had this much trouble before. It's It's so worked into the scenes of the Rocky. Um, Yeah, because the most visceral reaction someone has is obviously Frankenfurter. But other people are having these reactions to Rocky as well, because it's like, our heroes are seeing a Frankenstein being made, but it's very good looking. But they are both being repressed about how they feel about muscles and the opposite sex and what have you. Um, The other people all see it as like a science accomplishment, but then of course... They're all just fans. They're groupies. Yeah. yeah. Whereas Columbia just thinks he's okay. She, Columbia liked Eddie just mm-hmm. fine. I think she's the one that I wish I had more backstory on because she is... There's three aliens in this house and her. And so why? what makes her so special that she can... She's no longer just like, a, oh my gosh, worshipping at their feet. 
she's like part of the birth of Rocky, and she can say things like, he's okay. So yeah. what I she's gather so from cool. when she's talking about Eddie is that she was Frankenfurter's first girlfriend, then Eddie, then then Frankenfurter cut out part of Eddie's brain to make Rocky. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh gosh, what was after that? So the, then after all that, then they like, go to bed. They, they get down. Yeah, it's weird. This is the moment where I want to complain about our titular character, but we can't talk about him yet, so... Well, yeah, because yeah. Yeah, after Rocky gets made, our titular character, Frankenfurter, sings a song, and then Eddie busts in. And this is where I used to get lost. Yeah. Really? Oh, oh yeah. with, like, the plot? And then Like, the a... dinner scene and stuff? Um, no, uh... Well, they sing the song, Eddie gets killed, everybody goes to bed... Yep. Then Rocky escapes, so then everybody wakes up and has dinner. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then the the um the professor shows up. Is that his name? Yeah. He's like the yeah, and he's Eddie's uncle or something. Uncle. So is that what confused or something. you? Because <laughs> I can see how that would happen. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, the first couple times I watched this, when Eddie busted on, I was just like, I don't get who this character is at all. And just hadn't heard the songs enough time to understand that it's like, oh, they tell you in the songs who Eddie is. Mm, Eddie like, is ah. so, ugh, good looking. Meatloaf. Oh, boy. Yeah, he actually, he was really good looking in this movie. Yes. When yeah. he first burst it out, too, because I didn't know who he was when I first watched the movie. So watching it this time, Never I was like, anything whoa, Meatloaf. This is amazing. But I won't do that. And he sounded amazing. <sighs> yep, I was glad he was in this movie because when I was looking up Richard O'Brien, it was specifically, or um, Richard O'Brien and who wrote all this music, some of it reminds me of Bad Out of Hell, which is written as a stage show, kind of like, well... Is that like a movie? It's uh, Meat Loaf's first album. Oh, whoops. But it was oh, all written oh, by, okay, this, it's an album. by this dude and produced by another artist who I really liked. And I was like, were any of them involved in this? Because they seem, they have like this DNA that's similar, but it's all, it's all Richard O'Brien. Wow. But yeah, I was glad he was in this because it does like have that DNA. Meatloaf? He has, yeah, Meatloaf. Okay. And the Bad Out of Hell album is, the whole concept of it was writing the most extreme crash death song like leader <laughs> of the pack but yeah, like yeah, yeah. more like metal if you will mm -hmm. and he gets to be on a motorcycle in this as well and be kind of a leader of the pack type character i think it brings the movie more into like a zeitgeist that mm -hmm. was of the 70s because it's a it's a rock musical right yeah and like we know who susan sarandon is and we know who tim curry is but to have, like, a musical performer, like an actor-slash-very-famous musician, brings that movie into, like, a level that's, like, this is, like, rock music. Mm -hmm. And it's the 70s. And yeah, it's Was this great. before or after his album? I mainly yeah, ask me. because... Um, I believe this is before. Okay. This like is it, 75. And do you mean Meatloaf's, like, famous, like... Big the, album or something? The album he was just talking about. Okay. I was asking because, like, when he dies and... This is two years after... So Bad Out of Hell is 77, so it's two years after this movie. 
Oh, okay. Um, she's like crying about how much she loved him, whatever. But she has these posters all on her wall of him as if he oh. was already like famous for something. Hmm. Like she had a lot of like posters and just like things that you wouldn't just make for like your partner because that's weird. (laughs) Artistic people in the 70s made a lot of their own shit. I assumed that she just made a giant fucking picture of him. Yeah, because she did shit back then like that. Oh, well, yeah. They were weird. They They didn't have the internet. (laughs) <laughs> they would buy books that just had shitty jokes in them because what else are you going to do? To me, it just made it feel like he was already famous. I remember doing it as a kid. Like, I plastered my entire room of whoever I was admiring at the moment. Yeah, and I think that the song that Dr. Scott sings about him makes it yeah. seem like he was, like, he was kind of famous and he had, he had like, a band and stuff. So it's probably both. But yeah. I think she made that because he's in a band and because she likes him so much. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, that's why he died. Because she was like, his groupie. And she yeah. stopped being Dr. The name we cannot speak. I'm very interested in that Well, it makes sense right now. It's very yeah. rocky. <laughs> um, okay, so I guess we can skip the going to sleep parts for now since it's hard not to talk about our titular character mm-hmm. yeah then they have the crazy dinner which i love and it reminds me of see i want another youtube supercut of all the weird ass like last dinners from films yeah like um texas chainsaw texas chainsaw mm-hmm. thank this, you that's, that's what the I was first thinking. one that like reminded me of that so much even though <laughs> they're very different scenes but it was like i was like kind of laughing in the same way about both well i was thinking my 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 top three would be rocky horror picture show dinner scene texas chainsaw and um nothing but trouble dinner (laughs) scene yeah so great (laughs) what they got was nothing but trouble they stick a, a gas funnel into a can of hawaiian punch (laughs) and there's a train set with condiments anyway i liked um the guy on the motorcycle um eddie yes okay i liked how they kind of showcased him at the end because like it was pretty obvious that it was just like a plastic body made to look like it was all gutted out inside of the table yeah The terrible note that he writes at dinner. I love that Meatloaf gets to sing one more line, and it's just like oh, hurry! The horrible (laughs) note. It's just like oh god. And it's like everybody realizing like (laughs) they're eating him, and then like Rocky's just like I don't don't care, (laughs) like whatever. (laughs) He's like, oh, are we supposed to run now? Like what? What's happening? (laughs) They gave Doctor Scott seven forks in that scene too. Oh my gosh, that scene was just great because ever it was just awkward yeah. it's like everything came out all the shit that people were doing came out they're all sitting in their underwear or like a robe or something like they weren't ready for dinner and he's just like silently cutting this chicken with they weren't looking. ready for dinner and then yeah, he's they like were not ready. threatening people with it yeah like don't drink the wine yet we have not toast <laughs> like but he's just silently just like hmm um and then yeah everybody runs away because they're eating a person which is cannibalism uh Gianna gets yelled at chased upstairs and they have this big fight uh where they get turned into statues oh i loved that part a little bit of sci-fi oh it's so funny too 
I loved it. <laughs> it's so dumb. Because all their, like, their poses, their poses, it was great. And they all get naked. As yeah. soon as they get zapped, they're naked. That yeah. is, so that joke has not aged poorly a bit. We're, we're basically at a point where we're kind of going to, like, the floor like show. skipping stones to get well, to this end. And again, like, it's hard to talk about the floor show. Edging is hard yeah. mm-hmm. for this. It really is. Okay, what should we say? Um, okay, who was the most attractive uh, on the floor show? Mm. Um, for me, the Scott reveal is not only one of the funniest parts, but just, like, he hits that like high note and like is like has that kind of his ecstatic moment. Yes. So I think that's definitely still pays off every time you watch this. But I think um I liked Columbia's bit here the most because mm. she actually like gives her exposition about being a Frankenfurter fan and then like her whole story. Even though that's not a thing to praise him at all. Like, they all just kind of tell an honest story. She's being so honest. Yeah, and then... But I think she has to at this point because they're kind of under hypnosis or something. But he doesn't have them hypnotized but to it's just like... praise him, which I'm like, oh, that's actually interesting. Well, that's what I'm saying. They're hypnotized, so she's obviously probably telling the truth. Mm-hmm. So that's what's cool about it. I have another favorite. <laughs> when Barry Bostwick does his routine and his like leg is shaking which i was like <laughs> that was insane oh. i was like did he just pull a muscle or like is he actually just extending it to where your leg does yes, that naturally I that's was like, what happened that was pretty fantastic because i was like he pretty are you he, talking like, about the pool the part just before, before the pool when they turn yeah. back into people oh i thought you were statues. talking about when they turn into statues i was like i don't remember I'm sorry, no. doing that so oh no <laughs> when they open up the curtain on the stage and they're all like in these like freshly done like kind of like lingerie yep. style thing. She was my favorite. Okay, sorry. Columbia? I was like, yes, because okay. I was not. I was like, oh, I don't remember any of that happening. When they I like that you could see her boob in that scene. Because like yeah. her hair oh, yeah. is completely pulled back too. And she seems, she goes through a lot of changes in the movie too. She goes through some costume changes and her hair changes three times with, I mean, with her hair at that length, it's cool to see a movie where someone has a hair that has their hair that short and you see Mm -hmm. them in so many different hairstyles. Um, I liked, uh, Janet's because that's the most attractive, uh, of anyone in the entire film. (laughs) I don't, that's, I think Janet, when she, when she turns, in back into a, a person again and she's singing i think that's maybe the most attractive i've ever seen a woman before um uh, and definitely as beautiful as susan sarandon is i think that's the most attractive i'll ever be to her <laughs> yeah. she like does this weird like cat move or like a i'm a little teapot move i can't really yeah. describe it i loved how awkward rocky was in heels because no one else was <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else had like was doing what they need to do, and <laughs> he was just like, "I don't know what I'm doing." <laughs> Maybe they told him to be awkward because he was born that day or that evening. Yeah, I don't know maybe. what it was. Part also, of this song about is how he's only four years old. Did or, you four yeah, hours old? Four hours old. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or seven hour? I am just seven hours old. It's not long. I don't remember, but that actor didn't know any English. Did you guys know that? I no. was wondering how much was ADR, because it was... There's a bunch of ADR throughout, of course. Yeah. I mean, it's a musical, so you're going to have that anyways. But I was like, 
when I looked up his name and then looked up his films, I was like, ooh. Like Clint Eastwood, I don't think he spoke much English in his <laughs> uh, first film. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He, uh, they got him for the way that he looks, and he was like, yeah, I want to be in this movie. I don't speak English. And they were like, let's do it. Mm-hmm. And so he just didn't understand anything on set. Yeah. And so when they had him doing what he was doing, they're like, don't worry, because Rocky doesn't know what's going on anyway, so it's fine. And, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure it was all consensual on all sides. And the confusion but He kind did of what showed, he did. Like, <laughs> it was convincing performance in that respect. I didn't. I hadn't thought about yeah. that. Like how sometimes his dor- disorientation might actually be because it's like they're <laughs> moving through a scene and he's like, "What are we doing? What? Well, I know the physical beats of this, but I don't know what people are saying, man." Well, and also, I mean, I don't know his background at all, but this was 1975, and it is a weird movie. Like it's a weird movie mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Yeah. This movie is so legendary now for how much it holds up, strangely. Yeah. So I can't imagine back then not knowing the language and being a part of a film that is, like, also kind of, like, sexually yeah. different. Oh, totally. But that does make a lot more sense to all the other scenes, especially when he's climbing up that, like, tower, <laughs> and he's just like, Mer! <laughs> He's just oh. growling. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, that does he just not know how to speak yet? They were like, like just go for it. <laughs> yeah, but that makes way more sense to him just being Frankenstein because it's yeah. just like, oh, he just doesn't know how to talk. And in that <laughs> moment, he's King Kong. He has his King Kong moment. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and that... Okay, I can't talk. I can't talk. It's the edging, sorry. Because, yes. Because someone is the lady. And but that's yes. very sweet. I do like the pool scene too when they're it's, all in the pool together yeah it's very emotional yeah I, i'll i want to come back to that after we we're we're going yeah. through frankenfurter because yeah yeah i did like the scene because it reminded me of fairy tales where when people get entranced by a fairy they have they like just end up dancing in the fairy realm for ten thousand years and i was like oh that kind of reminds me of that like yeah if the the scenes that are coming up don't happen they would have just been stuck there doing that for the rest of their lives kind of thing like yeah. it just seems like sort of a puppet show that huh. he was willing to live in so i i like that because the whole film is so fantastical but it really starts to get really like beyond sci-fi towards the end and just yeah. there's some sort of magic going on it's also like a mystery film a little bit mm. yeah well it has a criminologist mm. <laughs> So, after his stage show, Riff Raff and Magenta return in their Transylvania gear. Mm-hmm. Two of the greatest costumes ever made, for sure. The golden, and this is definitely like, I mean, I think it really reinforced yeah. that Riff Raff kind of ends up being one of the villains of this movie, and I already thought he was kind of the second hottest villain in this movie anyways. And yeah. you know, insofar as I... Don't I don't see them as villains, though. They're in... just neutral and frank sorry god they're there is a an villain and they're they're capturing the villain so i don't see them as villains per se i mean in the film you're watching the villain and attaching emotions to them so you feel bad when it happens but hmm. are you trying to weasel in him being a hot villain <laughs> oh he's hot well i think it's gonna make all let's retouch on this can scene. eddie be a hot villain <laughs> i'll retouch on this scene that when we come back because at one point, yes, I think he switches over to being who I think is the villain of the movie, okay. but yeah. And I love the spaceship, which was weird. Wasn't the spaceship just the 
the house. The house? Yeah. Which is so weird. But it was great. It was like stupid but awesome. I mean, they saved so much money just doing that film slide. And it's so campy and great because some of the effects that I think work really well in this, like Rocky's birth, where they just have water in a tank. They just keep, every time it flashes, the panel of glass changes. That still looks really cool, and it yeah. looks like the colors are separating out, and then it's empty when he's in it. So yeah. it like actually spoils how they did it because they're like it's just a colored tank of glass. I love yeah. the reveal of that. Yeah, because it turns into that, and then you're is you're like what, and then you're like double what. I love that part because when he does get up, he's not dripping wet. And you're like, <laughs> why? How are you why? not dripping wet? Which means they had to do this twice, like once with. Oh wait, no, he probably wasn't in there. Yeah, that, that was probably, that was probably something else. But uh, I was just thinking, but it like, looks that so cool, sense. and like I think you know those shots of the light bouncing off and like the X-ray that all works, and mm-hmm. we'll come back to like some more effects that really work well that Frankenfurter's involved with. I love the gun at the end where it was just like literally just zigzags. Just yeah, <laughs> it it works in the in the best way that it yeah. could work. It works it was because so great. you're just well, yeah. Because you're not supposed to kill people, and that's it. At the end, it just kind of felt like okay, this is the end. Let's wrap this up. So <laughs> just like the gun didn't really look like a gun, but it worked, and like Wrapped they had the little the like. Well, like. And then w. I love when the zigzags, <laughs> the zigzags, when they don't hit Rocky, they just bounce off of him and zigzag the other direction. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's great. It's so good. The last thing I wanted to say about the movie itself was, it bothers me when a lot of guys will say that men's bodies are gross, because I'm like. Have you, number one, have you seen the Rocky Horror Picture Show? Because, I mean, it depends on how you dress. It depends on the angle. And there are so many moments in this movie where men are dressed, like, if you have to go this route. In this movie, a lot of the men are dressed traditionally how a woman might dress, and they have the same curves as a woman. Like, they're just as voluptuous as a woman's body, and they have the curves in the same spots. So what's the difference? Like when guys, I just, I was watching like the tail end of this movie being so mad at men being like, oh, men's bodies are gross. Women don't like them either. Men or women think that men's bodies are gross too. Right. And I'm like, no, no. that's a lie that you <laughs> well, tell yourself. I, mean, it depends I don't know why on you do this. Who the woman is attracted to. But like also it doesn't always because... I'm attracted to a lot of women, but I'm not, like, sexually attracted to women. So I think, like, it's just a silly... But also, that's, like, centuries of just guys being... I just just feel like if a guy's gonna be like, men's bodies are gross, maybe watch the Rocky Horror Picture Show and pay attention to the men's bodies in this film, because... I don't think that would be your answer after you watch it and actually pay attention. I don't think a lot of guys think men's bodies are gross. I think they say that because they're trying to seem not gay, even though, like... Either that... You know, like, it doesn't matter. Either that, or it's all just a conspiracy that's just, like, men get to look however however they want because they're gross anyway, so why try? Yeah. It might be like a whole big conspiracy. I mean, like I that. think there's a lot of different parts, but there's a lot of stupid shit that guys say because they don't want to look gay, as if it's like a horrible thing. But that's how they're taught. Like and you're not masculine if you do this. Then they should just watch this movie, and then yeah. it'll fix everything. <laughs> that was the other part of the movie I actually really liked when they were watching everybody on the TV. Um, what's her name? 
frizzy red hair. Columbia and Magenta. Columbia oh, and Magenta. Yeah, and they're and they're like, share a room. They're which is like, another thing that Columbia, like, she lives in a room with Magenta, apparently. Like, they share a teenage girl's bedroom because yeah. that's their, their tood. Yeah. And they're just, like, cuddling and watching these, basically, people having sex. Like. I feel like that's what makes Magenta more evil. <laughs> mm. Like, Magenta seems like one of the most evil characters, but Riff Raff doesn't for some reason to me. Well, Magenta just, like, was not feeling it. She just looked bored. Yeah, she was just there. <laughs> but it's, like, it's a, it's a very, is it sociopathic? Is that the word I'm looking for? Where she obviously has this seemingly great relationship with Columbia. Like, they're giggling, they're laughing, they, they hang out. But at the end of the day, she straight up doesn't care about anything except for her brother and going home. Yeah. And Riff Raff, however... He's the one that's like, I'm doing all of this. And he has this line where he's so distraught and he says, he doesn't like me. He never liked me. So to me, Riff Raff isn't a villain because Riff Raff is emotional and he's doing this for his own personal and good intentioned reasons. And he's hurt. Magenta has all that stuff with Columbia and then she doesn't care that Columbia dies. I think she's just... Neutral and evil. Mm. No? But she kind of pulls Riff Raff's strings a little bit. Yeah, I feel like... Because she could have been the one that shoot everyone. Because he's she... the emotional yeah. of the two, and she's like, I don't care, I'm just going to do this. Yeah. And she was most excited about the plan, but it was like, oh, I'm not carrying out anything, it's all you. That's true, too. She's evil. <laughs> yeah, and to go back to men's bodies and men who have any reservations watching this movie it's really prescient that we're recording this when the straight pride boston reactions are happening at the moment that just made my back feel weird well this will be released after that but i mean it is the the showing from people has been really quite nice because that is some stupid shit bullshit and it's rooted in the same people who would be like i'm not into muscle because they're oppressed and just don't want to Exactly. Yeah. Want, they don't I'm want. Not to... a, I'm, I'm not into muscles. Well, I think yeah, <laughs> I'm not repressed. I think that the what they use if that muscles thing in this is <laughs> that people don't want to admit to being into any men's bodies, even the really fit ones. So she's trying to be modest and say that she's not into men's bodies at all by saying she's not even into muscles, For which her, is yeah. clearly everyone's into muscles. Like, or I mean. Even if you're not into muscles, like you like a little. There's a re. It it it's a thing, and like, I don't like muscles. I'm not saying. You don't I'm like saying muscles. she was probably lying. Yeah. Oh yeah, she definitely. But was I. Hurt. But there's people that are not into muscles. And Her fiance the, was right there. <laughs> and the I think the, a lot of people who like muscles also say they don't like muscles because they're suffering from that same. They're saying they that, don't want to admit their own. They're like, saying that because that's what someone said on Seinfeld once. I'm sorry. Or yeah. But we are of an age where when we were kids, uh, Friends and Seinfeld was on TV a lot. And I have rewatched both of those TV shows in their entirety. And every other episode, things are said in those t- television shows that people have said to each other in real life back in the 90s when there was no internet. And it became like a doctrine. It became real life. 
So I can't, I can't think of anything right off the bat, but like, oh, I hate muscles. That's like a good example. Like somebody says this in a TV show that everybody watches and then all of a sudden everybody thinks that's real and it's not. There are so many things that I grew up with hearing from people and because it came from a person, I thought that that's the way the world was. But no, it was an episode of Seinfeld. It was an episode of Friends and they just made it up in the writer's room. It came out of nowhere. Well, so it came the out thing of about writers and security is about the same thing, you know. Well, or like when when women are like, "Ooh, I like guys with cute butts. Ooh, look at that cute butt." I feel like nobody says that, but there's very random women that do like guys oh. with butts. All my friends that like, yeah, do that's they really... a thing. Yeah, no one wants a flat ass. Like that's not a thing. It's not that I want a flat <laughs> ass. It's just that when I'm looking at guys, I have never looked at I mean, their butt. You don't want. I mean, I have plenty of friends that don't like wide hips on guys, but like a nice butt. Uh, yeah, pretty much. I don't all want of the shoulders friends. too broad compared to their hips. I think yeah. what's like a being kite. so. <laughs> I don't want a kite. What they're talking about here isn't like so. That's your preference, but what they're talking about in this movie is that she's not being honest about her preference because I agree. she doesn't want to be observed as shallow I or agree. a sexual being, but she is, and yeah. Yeah. she'll find out. But very um, soon. Yeah. So I think it's a good movie to watch to, yeah. if, you ha- if you're if you listening to this and have any of those kind of reservations, watch this movie and just chill the fuck out and yeah. enjoy this because or just chill the fuck this out. movie the fuck has out. such like, an amazing body type diversity. Like, oh, so many. The person we're about to talk about has more of like, he's a tall guy. We'll get thicker itch, body. Itch. He's not like this typical muscle bro though. No. And I still enjoyed... I enjoy his body for a completely different reason, which we're about to get into. We're almost there. Okay, one, two, three, go. And sensual daydreams to treasure forever. Can't you just see? Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Ah, etched. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay, so we are talking about a doctor. Frankenfurter. I don't know if this is true because I literally saw this in a, I want to say, um, not a chat room. What's that thing that I never go on that I was proud to go on? Reddit. Ah, Reddit. Oh, okay. I saw on Reddit, someone said that Dr. Frankenfurter on his home planet is a prince. And that's why, and it's not in the movie, but it was in the script. And that's why Magenta and Riff Raff follow him blindly until they kind of do like a takeover situation and they're like alien coup a coup yeah yeah i figured he was someone important he seems important but i was just like did he make himself a doctor is he does he just have this personality that he's like i'm in charge even though he's not because he doesn't really seem like someone that would be in charge but in the context of him being a prince I can see how that's why he's spoiled. That's why he looks like he shouldn't be there, but he is. Yeah, like, you get the idea that, yeah, he's doing a passion project that the alien overlords are no longer pleased with, yeah. whether he's a prince or not. So I see why they were like, eh, we don't have to work this in. He's clearly a powerful figure who is given a position and has gone mad. So it's sort of like apocalypse now yeah or heart of darkness where it's like oh we gotta shut this guy down i kind of get the feeling too that he was like not well liked where he is from either yeah like this is just his negative personality it's almost like and they sent him to earth yeah right 
Yeah, yeah. Like, it kind of just felt like he, he kind of seems like the middle child to me. There's, like, the first <laughs> child that gets all the attention and he was a boy or whatever. I don't know. Whatever. Aliens. Like, and then there's the baby. But then there's him and he's weird and awkward. Like, he likes <laughs> weird, weird shit. He's really into science and shit, which, like, everybody's just like, we don't care about any of this. Like, none of this is amusing to us. And then he kind of seems like that annoying guy in the office where they just keep bouncing him around to different departments that have less and less people. And that's just kind of what they did. Like, okay, you're going to go to Earth with these two people. And, like, he ends up being, like, the bell of the ball. Like, people follow him around. He has groupies. And they are probably all people... Which is why it's really cool that they look like normal people. They're probably all people who really like alien shit. And they're like, this guy's an alien. Yeah. He's cool. We're going to follow him around. And so he had these groupies, even though, like, in real life, his personality is off-putting. Well, yeah, he has that personality that's, that's like a, like that description of a Leo where when you talk to a Leo, you're the most important person in the room to them. But then they do that with everyone. And that's where you run into trouble. Yeah. He's probably a Leo. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know, Leo and Aries, Aries are always like Phew. I don't like Aries oh, Sorry does. Aries um, You probably wouldn't like me either But no he just seems like the annoying guy they had to send to Earth And then like <laughs> The two other people were just like Okay well we've had But the had fact enough. that he's in charge Like the three of them were sent to Earth And Magenta and Riff Raff wouldn't stand for it If he made himself like the leader, so no, obviously he had to be a leader. He must have that. just been given that position. So all of when he didn't those, deserve it. All of those guests, those are all booked as those are all Transylvanians. So those are actually his annoying followers that they also shipped out with him. Oh, okay. I thought yeah. those so, were people. Yeah, so did I. In the soundtrack, they're all credited as Transylvanian Orchestra, like the, oh. those the Transylvanians. So I see. Is Columbia? A human? I think she's human. Oh. But I I honestly kept trying uh, to figure out whether or not that she bums was Transylvanian me out. I thought not. those were just, like, human people that were, like, into what they were doing. Well, still, I mean, it still translates over. He was just, like, annoying and people But I wonder if they're just... So that's the thing. I had the same question. Are they human or Transylvanian? And I only... The only reason I mentioned that is because the only thing that I found that, like, labeled them as such was they're Transylvanians. And I was like, oh... But I thought they were humans, too, until yeah. I started reading that stuff. So I think it's more fun if they're humans, for sure. That's what yeah. I... I guess that's what I prefer. Yeah. And um, they could also be they're actually followers. They're actually transsexuals, because their planet is called transsexual. And then the galaxy is in Transylvania, which oh, I don't yes, know yes, why yes. The, the galaxy matters. That's, that would be me being like, I'm from the Milky because Way. Because his address is transsexual, comma, Transylvania. Transylvania. Yeah, I mean, it, which must mean that their society literally goes everywhere in the mm. universe. Because if they're going to sit there and be like, I'm from this galaxy, that means they go everywhere. Yeah. So why are they running around making, like, Rockies? Well, I think... Because yeah. he's crazy? Cause yeah, he's I really cool. do think he was just, like, this annoying guy that no one understood, and they're like, go to Earth with this bullshit. Well, we definitely, in that case, never know what their true mission was supposed to be well the professor when he shows up it kind of explains it because he did something that was like groundbreaking that no human kind of figured out oh yeah i don't remember what i forgot that was, what that was though something about the creation of rocky yeah yeah they kind of 
go through it at the end. Brad's wearing a And blue also, robe. When, right before he, they turn all into stone, he kind of figures out, like, oh, you did this too? Holy shit. And he's just like, oh, yeah, it was, like, whatever. <laughs> I'm an alien. So let's talk about Dr. Frankenfurter. Ugh, just I... looks wise. I love when they finally reveal him. Me too. And I, like, at first I saw him at the wedding scene. I was like, oh, it's interesting. They're just showing how tall he is compared to most of the actors mm. who are going to be in this movie. It's, like, pretty tall. And then when they finally show him, he's coming down that elevator. And it just starts this... They always make him look really, really tall. And it's like there's heels and camera work. So yeah, always... he's tall and he's wearing heels. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And his like... hair is higher than we'd normally see yeah. Tim Curry. And then they still shoot him from below right. to make him just tower over everybody and you, like, through most of your encounter with him. Oh, I um, loved when he first enters the room, off the elevator, the whole scene. I think That's the, my favorite. the cape makes him look very, like, like an older version of, like, feminine, like, um... Something that, like, a rich grandmother would wear mm. or something like that. I mean, every so much of that movie, obviously, it was made in 1975, but a lot of the visuals in that film was what was really popular back then, um, and it really works. He also has a really fit body, and he actually mm -hmm. seemed... It's weird now because I think earlier in this podcast, even, I was saying, like, oh, he's a big guy, he's a big guy, but he's actually kind of thin. Yeah. Thinner than... As I'm watching it, then I assume he is in my head. Yeah. Very tight. Toit. <laughs> and he rocks heels like crazy throughout this movie. Which throughout is the just, entire movie. I, he must have practiced. It is so impressive. Like, he's doing physical comedy as he goes. And so the heels, I think. Unless in some of those scenes he's not wearing his heels. I kept trying to look for when the stunt double might be around. Because... Yeah. Um, I did notice Rocky stumbling in those heels. Like, he yeah. was having a hard time. And Barry Bostwick was a little wooden. So, yeah. I don't know if he spent a couple months practicing. I didn't even notice him having an issue, which means he didn't. He did fine. That takes and some his work. routine ends up on the floor. So, like, it yeah. works just fine. Yeah. I do love how he was, like, kind of fake stumbling when he was chasing Rocky around. Oh, yeah. Because it, it was definitely not him, like, it was just, tripping over himself. It was but character it was... being like, oh, I'm a, I'm a southern belle and I've stumbled in the tumbleweeds yeah. or something. That's and where he I kept, made like... the note. I was so impressed with his heel work there. Because he's, yeah. like, intentionally, like, he's stumbling and getting the hell back up to a full run. Yeah, yeah. it's like a fake stumble. Like, it's yeah. like, Most, oh, I'm... Some people, if they stumbled, like, would, like... Hurt, like crack their damn ankle. He's yeah. like done it in a way that he can still operate. It was just it so great, so just like also, watching him chase him around, stumbling. If you think of that, so in that scene, you can see him in the heels, like you see it's visually there. But that room is like a concrete tile room with like a slanted, and he's running down the the up and slant. down. That's terrifying. Ramp. Yeah, it was just like this he circular ramp that he just kept <laughs> running. And it wasn't that wide. That was the other thing I noticed. Yeah. Like he had to like fall closest to the wall and that's what he was doing most of the time because there was no railing and it wasn't like a wide ramp. It was just enough room for one person to kind of like get around. Where's yeah. his Oscar for this role? Uh, I hope it comes. Fourth time. Uh, so as far as his makeup... It's a little bit of a variation from what I've seen in other films, but back in the day, that look of, like, 
what's very much a man. So there's a difference between like uh, a transvestite or a drag queen really dolling themselves up to look very beautiful. There's a difference between that and like a guy that is comfortable being a guy and saying, I'm going to put on this like black lipstick and black, very yeah. black stuff. And that's what they did in the 70s. So the movies I can think of where they also had this look was um, The Monster Club and Phantom of the Paradise. And both of the looks came from musical performers in those movies. And then another group of people that did that a lot um, was Kiss. And Kiss's makeup has changed a lot. But in the 70s, Kiss's makeup looked a lot like like this. Mm -hmm. it, it had a very specific... I can't put my finger on it, but there's just... Makeup styles always change. And in the 70s, his look was... That's how every guy looked. If a guy was going to put on black makeup, he looked just like this. So it was flawless. And again, it had a little bit of a variation because he has like purple and some red and mm -hmm. some sparkles. Yeah. So it's a little different, but it's definitely like back then that was like the perfect way to look if you were going to be a man wearing makeup. Yeah. yeah. And he kept his sideburns, which I brought up a little bit before and I yeah. kept noticing and put it on the Twitter because it's a very... When we first see him as the priest, he doesn't have sideburns, but it's a very, like, masculine choice to keep those because you can take them off and just have your cheekbones and makeup, but it's like, no, this is my face and this is makeup. Like, I think yeah. it has a really awesome way of giving his feminine motions still, like, this, like, presence and power of, like, transvestite and, like man who like has really like chosen this sort of thing it's to me that like i only really like noticed that this time through as well i never noticed his sideburns but i think it's because i have face blindness so if somebody mm. shaves their beard i won't even notice um and i do want to point out in case anybody's like questioning this or feels like they have to look it up we're using transvestite in the correct way but I wanted to, I actually wanted to double check before we started recording, um, and I did, because I feel like words like that have changed over the years, but between the 70s and today, transvestite still means the same thing. Mm -hmm. It's when a man who recognizes themselves as a man dresses like a woman, and the difference would be like a drag queen is a man who performs as a woman. A transvestite is a man who loves to dress up like a woman, just, like, whenever. And obviously that's different from being, trans. like, trans. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. transvestite in this way, sometimes that's used as a derogatory term, but we are actually talking about a transvestite. Mm -hmm. So, and just the, to be on yeah. the safe side. <laughs> and the other term, so transsexual, the name of their... Planet? Wait, is it... Transsexual is the name of their planet. planet. So, the planet... That term has kind of gone out of date, but isn't we're not using it. No one describes themselves. It's the name as, of their planet. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they're just from transsexual. Yeah. Oh, Nothing's I love changed. that um, concept. That well, I mean, like I'm from Idaho, or I'm from <laughs> Africa, or I'm from Italy. Like I'm Italian from Italy. Yeah. I'm like African American from America. And I'm sweet. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just like nice that that's how they formed it yeah and there so it's not like well i'm not weird you're weird <laughs> <laughs> i don't have an accent this is just how i talk <laughs> the opening number definitely gives 
Frankenfurter a lot of power because it's just very confident. Oh, he sits on a throne. Yeah, he sits on a throne. He has a stage in his house. That's amazing. He has a stage in his house. (laughs) Um. So the first outfit he's wearing is that corset that's very glittery, and he actually wears that with a lab coat on top of it, which is where we're headed now. But his tallness makes those leggings look awesome, and you know. I guess I noticed, yeah, the sideburns and stuff, and I also noticed, like, his body hair and stuff. I have a hairy body, and I have facial hair. So I was like, oh, interesting. His legs still look good with the stockings and, like, clearly hairy legs. Like, Does he keep that pearl necklace throughout the entire movie? No, he puts that on with the lab coat. Okay. I noticed that, too, because when he has the lab coat and pearls, he looks like Marge Simpson. I loved how he just kind of looked like... (laughs) some housewife from like the 60s like the 50s and 60s because the lab coat even the way that he wore it looked like a dress you would see any like housewife in and then like he had like and the rubber gloves, gloves on mm-hmm. like oh i'm just cleaning all day like whoa I have a and the way he pulls them he has he's like gloves. yeah he has like that brooch that's just like the triangle but like, he just looks like, and he's wearing stockings and heels. He's like, like mother have a sham or whatever. Yeah. From great expectations. Mm-hmm. Totally. And we learned that his motives are, he just wants to build the perfect fuckboy. <laughs> I mean, for some people. Uh, for him. For him. For him. For him. For him. Yeah. yeah. Clearly this is all selfish and that's why he's going to get alien cooed. Too bad the fuckboy is like not into him. Yeah, he, Rocky doesn't See, like him very much. Yeah, Rocky. But he's was... sad when he passes, when he gets shot. Oh yeah, because I remember that. I remember thinking the same thing that like he runs away from him and doesn't like him. Well, he runs away because he was like hitting him or something, right? And yeah, he, moves, so he, he was like into the bed. And it was more like a cartoon reaction on Frankenfurter's part when Rocky is created. He goes full, not Wiley Cody. Um. But he just goes completely bananas for Rocky and yeah. chases him around. And Rocky has no idea what's happening. Yeah. But by the end of I Can Make You a Man, it seems like the part of Rocky's brain that he's left in there is into somebody who wants a big muscle man. So he's like, oh, cool, let's go to bed. It feels weird to me. It feels like going to bed with, like, a kid. Yeah. And he doesn't seem, or or just something that's not completely consensual, maybe, rather than... Be, him well, being a child and it won't be the first non-consensual well yeah that was semi. like kind of throughout the whole film but especially in rocky first appears like he doesn't even really know what's going on mm-hmm. and so when frankenfurter's trying to like fill him up essentially he's like what the fuck like and so he's just like running away from him like why are you touching me like i don't baby. know you it's a and little then, baby chicken yeah <laughs> And then he starts singing that song about, like, building muscles and eating protein. He's like, oh, what's this? Like, a toy. Like, oh, cool. Yeah. Like, I have, like, weights now. And every time, like, Frankenfurter would do something suggestive, like, around the weights, he was like, okay, Ugh. I don't like that. Yeah. Like, why Why are you doing this? <laughs> but he, but then, so. Uh, but I think that was just, like, his deer legs getting some. Yeah. Because, I mean, I feel of, like that would be anybody. That's him seducing Rocky in a way, I um, guess. Not like, to mention, like, all the people in the home were, like, just watching you. Like, I think that would literally be anybody. Like, if you didn't know that was the situation you were going into, and then someone's just filling you up, you're like, yeah, I don't like this at all. There's 20 people watching us, and, like, I don't know you. 
I met you today. Do you think that they consummated their marriage? Because they get married and then go to bed. And then... I think that's sort of implied, yeah. Well, that at least sucks. that's what I thought. This yeah, time. I don't I like, like that. And then he sleeps with two other people. Yeah. Frankenfurter, Frankfurt, Frankenfurter. Rocky only sleeps with one more person. Yeah. He's just... I mean, this is why he's the villain. Because he makes this perfect man. They get married. And in the meantime, Columbia's like, I loved you. And now you're making Rocky with half of the brain of this guy that I also, I also loved. loved. But that's because that, you know, obviously Frankfurter had already moved on. Yeah. I'm thinking like he was with a lot of people. He was probably with Magenta because at the end of the film, Magenta's like, well, Frankfurter liked you. And he's like, he never liked me. And he gets so mad and emotional about that. Like as if he's the only person that Frankfurter never showed affection for. Oh, yeah. So I'm thinking he was with a lot of people, and it's just that that's fine, but he doesn't, he also doesn't tell the person he's with that he's with all of these other people. Yeah. Because obviously, Columbia's upset that he made Rocky. Yeah. Then he marries Rocky, chains him to the bed, and goes and sleeps with two, tries to sleep with two other people, and lies to their faces about it. Um, and coerces them, yeah. And yeah. coerces them. So it's like, what he is doing could be fine, except for he likes the idea of going around all these people, seducing them, and then making them upset and and not doing anything about it. Like Columbia. Yeah. And that's why she is an example of what happened in the past is happening that night, too. Probably. Yeah. <sighs> what a creep. Yeah, he is yeah. just... Um, <laughs> it's like he's a budding... I'm totally blank on Jeffrey the word. Jeffrey Dahmer. Very budding. I was going to say Jeffrey Dahmer, but I wanted to say, uh, not psychopath, but sociopath. Sociopath. But yeah. very much Him like Magenta, Jeffrey Dahmer. I think where are he's, both sociopaths. Jeffrey Dahmer comes to mind because he's trying to make his perfect lover. So he literally tries oh, to I make didn't a even zombie. Think about that. But then oh he's like, oh, actually what he really likes is just taking advantage of people. So yeah, he gets those chaos. kicks and like he just can't figure out what to do. So he turns them all into statues and turns them into weird zombies by the end just like jeffrey dahmer tried to do when did when was when did the whole jeffrey dahmer thing go down was that before this Ooh, i think it might have been around the same time wasn't it maybe yeah that was from 78 to 91 okay so, so after interesting yeah. okay interesting yeah. so it went rocky Horror picture show meatloaf bad out of hell jeffrey dahmer but those are not related. <laughs> nothing. We just found out they're not related. He's just a real douchebag. Yeah. What are your guys' favorite? What's the favorite outfit that he wore? Oh, when I first saw him. Yeah. With Literary without corset. the cape though. Without the cape, yes. Okay. Without the cape. I like um, the specific scene where I really like that lab coat with pearls is when he's giving his weird like speech i hate which, that speech but it's shot so well everything is white his two people are like in white and he's in this sort of german olive drab colored thing very giving german. this really weird dictator speech yeah shot like a dictator and it's like yep. that's where you you start to get the inkling that like he's gone mad with power in some way he's been given too much flexibility here because things are already out of hand for the humans and then for the even the aliens are sort of like oh boy this is a bit much yeah um 
but yeah, so I do, I like that outfit a lot because of what they do with it and how much running around he does in that, which is just so impressive. And I like the last outfit, which we'll get to. Oh, yeah. Um, my favorite outfit is during the dinner scene, he changes his shirt into this like very, it's I think like it's a, a woman's shirt with shoulder pads. Mm-hmm. With it's like, like a, the black with silver flowers. Yeah, it's like a yeah. mesh shirt with embellish with sparkly embellishments. And then you can see the shoulder pads underneath, mm-hmm. which is so much fun. But that's not my favorite outfit. It's the outfit he wears afterwards, which it's the same outfit, but he wears a leather jacket. Where did he get but, that leather jacket? And this jacket? is for two reasons. They have this party. They go to bed. They wake up, have dinner, and now the night is still continuing. So just, just the mere fact that they've all gone to bed for the night after a party, then they eat dinner, now he's run, walking around a house in the middle of the night in a leather jacket smoking a cigarette. That's insane. That's just... <laughs> You Reminds have to be living. living an anarchist house. You have to be living a specific lifestyle for that to be something that you would do. Yeah. And I wonder if he wore that jacket to seduce Eddie. Like if that was part of his bad boy image. Oh, when he was like it's a like leftover. Like, and he's yeah. wearing and he's wearing the jacket yeah. to get to shove it in their faces. Like I just killed Eddie. We just yeah. ate Eddie. Now I'm gonna wear the jacket that he used to love or something. Oh yeah. my gosh! And that's one thing we didn't even uh, talk about kind of like chronologically when he's wearing that green dress is when he kills eddie with the pitchfork yeah and my note on that is he makes a very scary face which is i think where they hired him for it was seeing that scary face that he makes when he's when he's yeah he murders someone he kills someone in this movie this is like kind of the most it's the most crazy thing which makes everybody kind of fear him and that's when they kind of like start going along with weird dinner plans and stuff yeah and like he kills Eddie and then they go to bed, right? Okay, that's because, weird. Yeah. And I just realized that because why would you watch someone murder someone with a pickaxe or, or whatever it was and then sleep with them? Well, because he picks make you a man back up. So oh it's like God. that never happened. Yeah, that's yeah. nuts. I, don't I think know. they just saw so much weird shit that whole night that but he killed that someone. was like that was just, like, not even on the top of their list of, like, the weird shit that they actually did see. So imagine that morning for Brad and Janet, though. Like, they wake up, and all they're thinking is, we're going to watch our friends get married. We're going to go to a wedding today. Yeah. So they go to the wedding, and then all of this stuff happens. Oh, and then they get engaged. They didn't expect that. Then they got engaged. Yeah. Then they went to go tell the the doctor whose class they met in, and then they get, when well, they watch someone killed, and then they watch, then before that they watch someone be brought to life through rainbow magic. Yeah. And then they sleep with him. That's weird. Yeah. Those are two weird people. Yeah, because yeah, I don't know if they went to bed thinking, like, about the wedding the next morning. I think they might have gone to bed, like, Janet was like, why won't Brad fuck me? And Brad was like, Janet's a nice girl, but I don't know if I'm just into chicks. I really like yeah. those parties. <laughs> I like those parties. Like, even in the house, like, they had their clothes all ripped off. They're wearing nothing but t-shirts, which was also just, like, a really cute outfit for both of them. But, like, then they're just sleeping in separate rooms. Like, you guys just sleep in the oh, same man. fucking room. Well, I remember <laughs> the yeah. first time I ever saw the Rocky Horror Picture Show, I was like, they get separate rooms? What kind of a movie is this? <laughs> I was so mad. As 
like weird not weird okay yeah weird as like <laughs> the scenes with frankenford and he's basically just like tricking them into sleeping with him the shot of it is really gorgeous awesome and it's so funny that it's both this they have the exact same scene the dialogue is almost exactly the same. That's what it. That's that weird like nineteen sixties, nineteen seventies humor. It's like Pink Panther. It's just with like Peter a Sellers. cute cartoonish yeah. thing. Yeah. To do. However, I loved the scene with Frank and Janet, but the scene with him and Brad was so awkward. And I was, and it's never not been awkward. Hmm. And every time I watch the movie, I'm like, maybe it won't be so awkward this time. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll appreciate it for what it is. And I never do. And I just feel like. They could have filmed that scene again and used a different take. I thought it, it works all right. I, I don't yeah. like it. It's, it makes my skin crawl. <laughs> I think it's like he's playing a square who's like really not supposed to give in to that kind of thing. And I think that is where it plays more awkward. But, but because it, there's that close-up of him earlier in the movie, this time around I was like, oh, I think he is like a questioning individual. And it's like, this is odd. This is making more sense. Like... Like, there was actually an inkling of it before. He wasn't just talked into this out of the blue kind of I don't of thing. think that scene flows. Mm. And it was supposed to be a seduction scene, and the one with Janet works. And this one with Brad, he's, like, screaming something that I can't even understand what he's saying. And they're, like, both, like, screaming at the same time. And it just, it's just jarring and awkward, and I, I don't think I'll ever enjoy that scene for what it is. <laughs> it's got some funny bits. I really like that Frankenfurter manhandles them both the same way. Whereas, what if he yeah. sees them like this and like pulls them up like and gets yeah. their legs up? Yeah. And Brad's like much. Barry Boswick is much bigger than Susan Sarandon. I know. But he's like kind of has like the the ease at which he does both is like funny and it's like <laughs> yeah. he's like has this power over each of them in that way and so I think. What that probably spoke to was a ton of college kids in the 60s and 70s who had gotten blowjobs from their male friends and were like, I don't know how to feel about this, you know? Yeah. And I think so it's like, it's a, it's addressing something that like is a typical thing, like as typical as a man talking a, a girl who's not sure if she wants to have sex into having sex. Yeah. Um, to me, like that kind of works on that level, but... They're both, like, really awkward scenes because they're, like, beat for beat the same. I think yeah. what helps make up for that is directly after dinner, that's when Frank turns on Janet. And I love that in this movie, there's a lot of beautiful women in this film, but Janet is supposed to be the sweet, innocent, perfect female woman or whatever. And there's an entire song that Frank sings... Where he's like, you're not perfect. Like, it wasn't great. Which is kind of, it's like mean. But for some reason, I love it so much. I love that he's like, listen, when we had sex, it was not great for me. Yeah, and he, I'm going to tell you that. Because <laughs> you deserve to hear it, you bitch. He definitely, <laughs> between the axe pick scene and that chase scene, Planet Schmanet, yeah, Janet. Yeah, Janet. Is yeah. like he gets the most aggro in not a murder way, but more like a like really judgmental way, and it's like chasing her around. Like I don't know if I'm supposed to interpret that scene as him being mean to like our innocent heroine. I love that scene. I want him to yell at her because like perfect little like thin 
women shouldn't always be like, oh, you're the best. Like, you're not. <laughs> I'm sorry. Is, yeah, this is leading up to them turning into stone, too, because they're all going back to the lab, basically, and Dr. You're Scott's about to arrive. hot dog! <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, during this chase scene and the scene where he pulls Dr. Scott in, they do a ton of profile shots of Tim Curry in this makeup, Oh. And they are stunning. Like, there's just these really good beats where he... So it goes, like, camera on somebody, camera right on his face, and then he, like, walks out of that. And are you talking about when they're he's turning people to stone? In, in the or lab, the, in the chase? Just before that and during the chase. During huh. the chase, there's a couple of small ones, but it really is, yeah, as yeah. he's about to, like, walk towards them and turn them all to stone, they really use his face really well. They use his face well for the, the murder scene, yeah. for that scene where he's chasing, just constantly. During the dinner scene as well, he does a lot of really dirty looks as the <laughs> chicken's being served. It's just, it's so wonderful. They do the same thing on his first song, too. Mm -hmm. Like, it's very close up on his face and on his lips. Oh, Which and... is so great. Well, like, another one of the reasons why I really loved it. I was like, oh my god, like, this whole bit makes him super attractive. Because they, like, keep going really close up. And then showing his walk. And really. his makeup changes slightly throughout the mm -hmm. film, too. His eyeshadow gets a lighter color and he gets red lipstick. Yeah. Like a darker red. And that makes his facial features look different. I think one of the most, like, titillating scenes is when he's in the elevator. And it's very, very dark. So you basically just see his eyes. Yeah. And he's like, anticipate. And then <laughs> Curry opens his eyes, like, so wide. Like, yeah. he's toying with you so hard, and then patient, like, ah, uh, that's such a killer, killer scene. My it's God. completely perfect. When I was a kid, that was the funniest fucking thing I'd ever heard in my life. <laughs> I don't know why. And you can see him smiling, too, like, in the dark there. It's like, anticipation. Huge, like, shit-eating grin. So excited. <laughs> uh, this time around, I mean, I normally feel the film more than I did, but I was not so impressed with his emotional scenes in that floor show. But it sounds like you were. Oh, I love that. Well, just seeing it... It's definitely... not seen it in a while... It's gotten me in the past. Because before, I always thought, you know, are we ever supposed to like this villain? Because I... When I was younger, I didn't like him that much through a lot of the movie. Whereas this time, I like him so much, like, the whole way through... Just because that character's had so long to, like, settle in my mind that I was like, oh, right. He has this song where he kind of tries to explain why he's like this, and he I... has a few chances to do that. But he's really just <sighs> having a huge... He's still just trying to get his way. I agree. And even though he has, like, four slaves, like... So you have the stage show where they all sing, and then you have Don't Dream It, Be It. And then... I'm going Right home. when you think it's like, this couldn't be more ecstatic... He does wild and untamable thing. Because it's like, even though Don't Dream It Be It, like, you think he's reached this apex of enslaving these sexual beings that he wants to have control over, he's like, ah, this still isn't enough. And then he's about to get arrested and does going home. And that's where it's like, he admits that he's being too. It's like him saying Selfish. sorry. Yeah. yeah. It's like, but I, I still don't believe it. I, I, he was, oh, no, neither. He's like, I'm sorry, but I was just trying to get my rocks off. Like, and I didn't know what it was. <laughs> like, I didn't know <laughs> I didn't know how to do it. And I still don't. Like, he still hasn't figured it out. Yeah. Yeah. So in, in that last song, 
it's not so much that I think that's the best song, but this time around I was like, oh, now I don't really see him as much of a villain, because these people who were previously and they were supporting him and letting him get away with this are now all of a sudden judging him for it. And it was like, well, you could have, I don't know. Could have told me earlier. Yeah. Yeah. There's something about it where I'm like, this is where I'm like, Riff Raff didn't have to pull a coup and just could have had more fun. But because they weren't getting what they needed as well. I mean, yeah. it's pretty drastic. They go from... That entire night, they're just how they've always been, just like his little helpers. They've been to, enabling him quite to, a bit. Yeah. Yeah. We're leaving and we are going to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> like, and that's I forgot so they intense. killed him too. So it's actually been long enough that I was like, oh right, I forgot they kill him. Right. I always, the end is just so psychedelic by that point that I totally forgot. And then, yeah. yeah. And I mean, before that happens... When he hit, when he is doing that, don't dream it, be it, and they jump into the pool. That's his. That's his final like climactic moment. Moment. Everything from that kind of falls downhill. But that's him finally being a hero a little bit because he's the one creating that song. He's the one jumping into the pool, and everybody, even if they're under hypnosis, the message there is, like with the lyrics and the melody, it's supposed to be just. Kind of like a pure love, pure joy, happiness thing. And he made that happen. So that's his that's his climax of the film. And then they come in and they're like, you're an asshole and a villain. And he's like, oh, but I did this one good thing. So now everybody loves me. I'm going to sing this song. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it was one good thing or if it was just like, cool, now I've manipulated a situation so everybody can do what I want them to do. Yeah. I feel like his subjects more or less had Stockholm Syndrome, because they were giving into pleasure, but Columbia it was like, they did. had to be forced into it, you know? To yeah. Columbia and Riff Raff, maybe? And yeah. he had to push a pause on everything by turning them all into stone, dressing them up the way that he wanted. Like, it wasn't, it wasn't like everyone just, like, came to this conclusion because of free will well and it it never matters how janet feels it never no. matters how rocky feels no he doesn't care i think that's why he wasn't getting his rocks off before is mm. because it was everybody else's one everybody wanted to put in their own opinion and emotions into like i don't know having sex with another person and uh he didn't like that he yeah. wanted his own feelings the same reason which is why i think he was the outcast of his whole planet was why like they're there to kill him and he's like wait i just got one song so he's just imagining all these people who would just adore him yeah so he never <laughs> learns his lesson no and then he's just like okay because please don't kill me like that's him like, what yeah he's like don't kill me i'm fabulous yeah like fuck you <laughs> <laughs> like this is literally why we're killing you <laughs> they're so fabulous on their planet apparently it's like or maybe he's just really tasteless and they all <laughs> hate that he likes rotisserie chicken. I yeah. think I'm picturing their planet as, well, I guess they kind of describe the, the look of the planet, but I'm picturing the Silver City from The NeverEnding Story 2. Oh, yeah. Those maybe a little bit darker, but still. Oh, yeah. And cinematography-wise, this scene, when he jumps into the fog and then the fog recedes and it's the pool. Yeah. That is gorgeous. I was like, how is, this is like a painting. It's just so perfectly like green, blue. Yeah. It's just so well framed. And I couldn't believe for something that was like this campy, 
like transition into like another tune it just looks so beautiful i i think that it was a small production and what they did with what they had far exceeded oh yeah what they should have been able to do do you guys have more let's see mm. i like how they all look really good even with all of their makeup washed off from the yeah. pool i was really impressed by that was that. Loved how they looked when they got um, out of the pool yeah the whole end is just like everybody actually looks their best after yeah. they've gone through this harrowing night like, yeah i was pleasantly surprised by how well they looked when they got out of the pool it's Whoa. just fun it's fun to look disheveled sometimes yeah it was Especially just a great if there's water involved yeah <laughs> no i uh I definitely recommend watching it if you haven't watched it in a while. Because I feel like a lot of my interviews changed just, like, over time from the first time I watched this movie to now. And I didn't understand a lot of the references the first time I watched it. I just remember it being a cool movie, but not knowing why it was cool. And then watching it again was like, oh, that's why. Like, I knew there was something about this movie that was, like, cool and different, but I didn't know what it was then. It's and so I, incredibly expressive. Yeah. Even the characters are expressing themselves. Like, it's it's wonderful. I, yeah. I think you have to be specific for when you watch it. It's great around Halloween. It's a great midnight movie. It's a great Friday night movie. It might play well as a Saturday night movie, but I definitely feel like there are specific times where this movie plays for exactly what you need it for. Definitely. So I think it's times like that. It's not a good Sunday hangover film. Mm. I wouldn't no. do I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't either. That's when you go to like collateral and selfless and all those weird silly action dramas <laughs> set in New York City. <laughs> I fucking love those. They're so there's such I, Sunday hangover. What's the last one we watched? It was with The Rock. It was called The Tower or The Skyscraper. Skyscraper. Yeah, is what it's yeah. exactly. Yeah. Those those movies. It's great. <laughs> and I feel like Rocky Horror Picture Show, despite some I some issues, I think it's like a five out of five star film. Oh yeah, five out of five musical, yeah. five yeah. out of five entertainment. It, yeah, it doesn't have money in it, no. but in this case, it doesn't matter. It no, is no. money, it and is I. Money. It would be interesting to see this redone with the same components as far as like the characters looking like real people you would see on the street and the music but like having repressed people kind of coming into their own before they're coerced into it would so, be like a nice change for the movie because i feel like in the 70s at that time like that's not how it would be looked at so not like but a made now, for tv remake no not a made no but they did that oh god no oh <laughs> i didn't watch it but i mean like uh a movie that actually, like, shifts a lot of, the, like, the problematic parts as far as, like, people being coerced into being, like, sexual with a person that they wouldn't normally be sexual with. And yeah. then um, into, like, people coming into their own. And yeah. adding those type of elements into the movie would be a really amazing remake if they ever remake it. And this but... certainly, there is, like... You can go back through and kind of pick a lot of, like, Adonis and Greek myth stuff out of this. And the gods did that, especially Zeus, did that, like, coming to people's bed as a different form to sleep with them. 
like all the time. But it would be it would be cool if it if it was redone to have it like in a way that everything feels really comfortable because there's so many other really great themes in the movie that seem way beyond its time in the 70s. <laughs> okay, you guys ready for a creep corner story? Yeah. Right. All right. This is actually coming from someone that that I'm more familiar with from Tumblr. Mm-hmm. Um I've followed this person for a really long time because we're both super hardcore into Starsky and Hutch, the television series. So their URL is theoriginofcarrots.tumblr.com. And I saw when I was doing Rocky Horror research, they were commenting on a lot of the posts. And I was like, oh, I actually know this person a little bit. So I reached out to them. So this is what they said. First of all, I'd like to say that I bloody hate musicals, but I really love the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Can't remember how many times I've seen it. I even went to live screenings of the movie in my city with all of the dancing costumes and funny things, and it was amazing. But I especially love its main protagonist. A mad scientist and a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania, the absolutely fabulous Dr. Frankenfurter. This sexy, evil motherfucker will seduce you, make love to you, um, what does this mean? Make love to you, You better better fuck fuck you, you, and and then then kill you in a second. second. I don't know what that means. Oh, like, make love to you, yeah, like, even better. He would make love to you better. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, even better. Better. Do this thing. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, he is a scientist, and he does scientific stuff, like creating a muscle man monster, the Rocky Horror, but only for his own sexual pleasure. The Jeez, selfish yeah. bastard he doesn't share. I love all of his psychopathic traits like extreme bitchiness, jealousy, possessiveness, manipulativeness, cruelty, violence, homicidal tendencies, and cannibalism with a big smiley face emoji. Uh, he is a super drama queen. He has style and even a superpower he mimics other people's voices to perfection when required he is a genius from outer space frankenfurter is a sin and he knows it he is a god sent to us to make our lives brighter more sensual and bearable a pity he had to die yeah uh yeah i really love this person starskin hutch forever (laughs) (laughs) it's not easy having a good time (laughs) and then oh i also saw where did i keep this Uh uh-oh is this on my laptop no it's not okay so i found an article through google from disasterserum.com titled why is dr frankenfurter so sexy Hmm. and this person laid out like a couple of paragraphs but the headliners per paragraph was The reasons why are style, genius, power, and confidence. Mm -hmm. And then I just have hashtags, which are from Tumblr, from Frankenfurter posts, where people hashtag things like this. (laughs) Hashtag so damn attractive. Hashtag fuck me up beach. (laughs) They just don't want to use the B word. Hashtag okay, but I'm aroused. Hashtag Mm. God, he's hot. Hashtag love of my life. Hashtag my queen. 
hashtag one of my first crushes, hashtag sexual awakening, hashtag the thirst is real, hashtag <laughs> hot bitch. I would say anybody who's ever used the hashtag give in to pleasure probably was going off of this. Oh, but yeah. I don't know how many people use that. That's all my internet stuff. I'm sure there's fan fiction out there. There's tons of fan art, tons of tattoos, tons of cosplay. I didn't look up Rocky Horror Picture Show porn, although I'm sure if there if it's out there, it's actually probably buried at this point. And, you know, this has been around long enough that some people, like, their lives are really fan art to this, you know? Like, their yeah. bodies are tattooed in it. Some people do performance art that they never would have done if they'd never seen this movie. Yes. This, like, has... A huge hold in American pop culture. It's been life, around not just America, yeah. Long enough that it's just infused into people's lives. And I actually have a friend of my mom's. Um, I guess back in the day, she had to deal with her friend and her husband re being really into the Rocky Horror Picture Show and like standing up in the living room and dancing to it and doing all these moves that my mom didn't understand. Mm -hmm. So, what food would Dr. Frankenfurter be? Ooh. I have one. Now, of course, I did hot dogs last time for Candyman, which was, I liked my answer there, but I was like, oh. And then I chose the next villain, Frankenfurter. I'm not part of the hot dog oh, I'm sorry. association. I just I think want I people made... to know I am not part of Big Hot Dog. I think I chose a hot dog for a different character, too. They um... are villainous. So I did pick one for this, but it's... Because I ended up with Stockholm Syndrome for, for Frankenfurter. So I just looked up Tim Curry's favorite food. And oh. in a <laughs> 1997 interview, he claimed his favorite pig-out food was beef and potatoes, a rather English meal. Okay. <laughs> and I think Tim Curry's a rather English meal. <laughs> and in this film, he's a tall drink of water. Hence the beef and what was it? Beef and potatoes. Beef and potatoes. So maybe just beef and potatoes with a I'm tall assuming, like, glass boiled. of water. I don't know if the beef would be boiled. Probably roast with roast. You could probably do roast potatoes and beef or boiled. Don't the potatoes English and beef. boil everything? I mean, yeah. as a half British first generation citizen, will not comment <laughs> on the boiling of beets. That means yes. Tim Curry would have liked it that way. Uh. I'm just picturing, like, two peeled and boiled potatoes on a plate with a side of beef. That's Dr. Frankfurter, I think. Uh, for me, I would have to go back and do some research on this, but when I was a child, there was these things that somehow they were meant to be edible lips, but they were, like, wax. Yeah! And I never, as a child, I was like, why... Would I eat wax, or is there something underneath the wax? But it's like lips with like a little insert where you could put them between your lips so yes. that you wear it as lips. They tasted wax like lips. wax. They're wax lips. They're but they like were sweet wax. But you were supposed to eat it. Yeah, they were awful. Uh, <laughs> I never ate those because I just thought they were wax Eric lips. is furrowing his brow. They said it was like edible lips. I never... And my parents were like, you can eat it. And I was like, they it's wax. Disgusting. I would advise not. I remember now taking like this. I remember <laughs> taking the slightest bite of one as a kid, and I was like, oh, this is just wax like a candle. Yeah, right. No candy herein lies. And I always just figured 
they were called that because they were wax lips, and anybody who ate one didn't understand what wax was. I was told. That's why I just yeah, wonder I if that parents also don't know. Maybe they also didn't eat yeah, them as kids. Yeah, they didn't have the internet like, well, either. Must be <laughs> um, yeah, I was told it was wax, so I well, was like, Whew. be that as it may, hmm. since... Natasha and I have had this experience as children. Uh, Dr. Frankenfurter's food will be these supposedly edible wax lips. I'm sorry you were tricked by wax lips and that Dr. Frankenfurter tricked other people into sex. I think that is actually a very <laughs> goddamn appropriate candy slash food. <sighs> okay. Honestly, the first thing I thought of when it came to food was birthday cake for some reason. Oh, yeah. Mm. Well, he says it's Rocky's birthday and he puts a little birthday hat on. Well, there's that, but everything about it just felt like a birthday party. Everybody's wearing, like, funky hats. They have those, like, mouth noise maker things. And oh, the spinning clickers. Yeah, yeah, they had, like, the the shit that you always have during, like, uh, the new year. Those yeah, are yeah. called noise makers. There we go. I like, really noise wish it was called something else because the flap goes out and it goes, wee. Yeah. But apparently it's just called a noise maker. Yeah. They're, yeah, I feel like they're... It's more of a kazoo. Is he a, a strawberry birthday cake? I was thinking more of like the confetti. Like confetti it, has, cake? it was like the yellow <laughs> cake with the vanilla frosting and the confetti all on top and the whipped cream. That seems mm. pretty 70s to me. Okay, those are cute answers. Wait, what did you say? Beef and potatoes? Beef and potatoes. That sounds nice. I have Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Um, is Dr. Frankenfurter hot or not? hundred percent. I don't know if you yes. can answer otherwise. It's just, it's a very hot performance. Like, an uglier person could have still, like, if they had rocked this hard, would have still been hot. And I think Tim Curry has a very, he has a very distinctive look. I think when people cast him, I think some of them probably saw this movie. And I made notes, like, I think when they cast him for It, they were thinking of faces he made in this. And then another movie we might have done, Legend, where he's the villain. I think when he's chasing her up the stairs, that's yeah. totally the Legend character. Like, he's using his mouth differently. and uh, Yeah, 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 yeah. I just think he's very versatile and just very stunning. And in these outfits, irresistible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is the one movie I actually think he's attractive. I don't really find him attractive in any of these other movies. Hmm. But I think it's just, like, his, like, confidence and bravado and, yeah. I like the way he sneers in Home Alone 2. <laughs> <laughs> we all like a good sneer. <laughs> yeah, super attractive. Okay. I am a little bit hesitant because I have trouble sometimes when, when the villains that we're talking about are just, like, mean assholes. So I do have that problem, but when you're talking about... If Frankfurter was played by a less attractive person, it makes me realize how physically, like, gorgeous he is. And, I mean, again, it's like when Tim Curry plays other roles and he's just wearing, like, a man's suit or just, like, in guy clothes, his face is attractive to me. But in this movie, the curves that he has Mm. in the lingerie that he wears, he has the same curves as a woman. He has... He, he wears these, um, this lingerie, like, the, the best way you could ever wear lingerie. Like, that's what it's supposed to look like in, like, a, a sexy magazine. Mm-hmm. So, his body 
is like what can you say it's just yeah. perfect <laughs> like banging. that's the way it is it's banging yeah um yeah I, I i have some trouble with his um with the choices that he makes but as a sexy villain yeah a hesitant yeah because his personality is kind of rude yeah but <laughs> that's fine <laughs> that's fair so next month Am I allowed to say why you're not going to be with us? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm getting married next month. You're getting so married. I must take some sabbatical time the next couple months, so I'll be keeping in touch with them as they progress on their next okay. topic of discussion. Yes. So we are going to ride Susan Sarandon over to our next movie, which is The Hunger. Yay. And we're going to talk about a little lady vampire. And we just found out it's going to kind of bleed over into the next was the August film that we're going to do. So we're going to have like a fun little like three movie uh, story arc in our podcast here. Yeah. So, but Eric won't be with us. Maybe you'll send us, you'll sail us over. I'll send you either a recording or a creep core stories. I'll send some, I'll leave you a voicemail <laughs> you can play on the show. Are you going to, are you actually like legit going to be on a honeymoon? Uh, I possibly... No, I don't think so. No. Um, that would be. You'll be on a honeymoon that in would your be, mind. Well, we're getting married in late July, and it's a lot of just like set up and people traveling in. You just have to late, plan. Late. Yeah, it's a lot of planning, a lot of getting stuff together wedding. and built. Some of the stuff in the backyard. I mean, we might be out of town like part of August, but I'll be. I will at least have a recording time in August. Yeah. So exciting! Yeah. Happy Pride! Happy June and summer! And all that. Say bye, say goodbye to Eric for now, but he'll be dropping Until in. Until next time. Um, Creeps. Uh, <laughs> uh, follow us on iTunes and SoundCloud. We have a Facebook and an Instagram and a Tumblr and a Twitter. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. a Creep Corner story. You may send that in about any villain that of your choosing, and we will read it. Send that to hotbadpod at gmail.com. Get permission from Dan. Creep it sleazy, creepies. Cause I've seen-